Hey, hi, welcome to episode two of Spiritual Bro Book Club. Uh, the video sucks for the next few episodes. I recorded it in LA. I don't like it. So the next few episodes are going to be audio. Feel free to um, complain in the comments. Comments, comments, comments. Everything that I say on a podcast is like whatever my current perspective is, yeah. and it's like, and it shifts, and it shifts pretty fast. But it doesn't have any time to shift when I'm recording back to back, so it feels like some rehashing. It's tough doing a topical show is tough, which I do because then you can't stack episodes. Oh yeah, so I can't do like four episodes in a day and then put them out. I have to do like every week. Oh shit. So that's similar. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I, I feel like there is some some rehashing. And I also feel like I kind of hit a wall. But now I have some tea. Do you want any crystals? These are for, you can yes. You can play with them. I want them all. Okay. I want these. This is I, a salt lamp that I, I broke. I just feel like I needed some. Will these help uh, me? Appropriate vibe. Well, yeah, that one if you want to stab somebody. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, crystals can help balance energy, absorb energy. Right. I have a lot around my house. I, did, I can never remember what any of them do. So I just hold them in my hand. You would be able to do this. Hold this in your hands. And do you feel like yeah. you can tell when they have energy in them? So I'll just go through a, a store, a crystal store, and see if I feel anything from them. And then I notice there's something weird when I'm like done. Almost like I'm supposed to have certain stones for certain parts of my life, mm -hmm. and then it's time for them to go. But I break a lot of them, like that one. 
I I I've I've never really done much with crystals. Um that's not to say I'm against it. <laughs> I just haven't tried it. And I tend to think a lot of the people who are doing it aren't really doing it or don't right. know what, you know. It's an aesthetic. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, I'm the type of person who would have these things." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's some people that are very into it. There are some people that are kind of religious with it. I don't really res. I mean, for me personally, don't resonate. With and what is that. the point? The point is they come from the earth. They have energy. Yeah, and you use them, and it good. Is it all good? And do crystals always have good energy, or is there a dark crystal like the thing on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, there's what is it? It's like malachite or something. It's um, I don't know if it's a crystal. I'm gonna butcher this. Okay, I'm gonna butcher this. But get her in Moldavite. the comments. Get her. <laughs> I can cancel over my crystal knowledge. Get her. <laughs> Moldavite. I want to say. Okay. That. Um, yeah, they're not all they they. I'm terrible at all this stuff. I'm like I don't know. I like the way it feels. That's just that's my version of yeah. all of this. Is I like the vibe. I, it's not a bad I like vibe. The vibe. I like this one because it feels like a stone. Yeah. So I think that's jade. Jade. This is this is something obsidian blue. Probably I would I would venture to guess that's blue obsidian. Where do they sell these in like a crystal store? Um. Well, one of the benefits of my work is that people send me. Well, this is on yeah. I mean, hypothetically, and crystals. So I haven't had to buy a crystal since I started talking into microphones. Wow. No one, I do not allow my audience to send me things. You don't have a P.O. box? I do, you know, we did, but I don't, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't know why we ever did. Yeah. And it's yeah. not necessary. Yeah. The, it should just enjoy the show. <laughs> if I want something, I'll get it. We don't, we don't need that type of engagement <laughs> we just don't we don't need people sending collages and homemade trinkets it's like we're fine i want very little and 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 i guarantee you don't have what i want <laughs> i guarantee you're unable to procure the things i want and send them to me in a p.o box so there's no reason like a guy had a, a 9-11 he had a nine, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, like a Daily News or something from nine eleven <laughs> at Skankfest, like the cover of it, and he's like, "Hey man, do you want it?" I'm like, "I no, got to get on a plane." It's like, "No, I don't. I appreciate it, but uh, it's not for me. Like, I don't want." So I think the things that people think I want are very different than what I actually want. Somebody tried to give me once, like, I think it was like. It was like an Epstein <laughs> mass card they made as a joke. I appreciate the creativity. It's just yeah. like, show it to me, maybe. I don't want it. I don't want to own it. I don't want to have it. Uh, yeah, because there's artists, right? Because you have a lot of art that people have if, made. And that's awesome. So yeah. if you really make cool art, you know, we'll contact you. But we've, we've all got a lot of that. Yeah. We have a lot of beautiful art. So it's like, I don't ever want to shut the door on anything. Yeah. But it's like we have we have art now. Yeah. We've got really good art. So it's like unless you've done something miraculous, <laughs> like a tapestry, something different, we got oil paintings, we got beautiful stuff. You know? Yeah. I, I like having a, a 
P.O. Box because I think that people feel like they appreciate your art, so they want to give you their art. Yes. You know, but I am very minimalist. And so it took me forever to get the P.O. Box because I stuff stresses me out. I want less shit. My mother was a hoarder, and our yeah. house had rooms full filled to the ceiling with shit that nobody needed or wanted. <laughs> And then the thing is, like, they had to clean out the attic. You know, when my grandmother died, we had to clean out my grandmother's attic. I didn't do it, but my aunt and her family did it. She keeps reminding me, you didn't do it. I know. I was working. (laughs) That being said, uh, the trauma of that, because that's where my mother's shit all went. For years and years, the overflow would go to my grandmother's attic. Beanie Babies, Hess Mm. trucks, all this stuff, pixies from Christmas, the things it would like. You know, you'd curl their little feet around the lights and everything. These weird, like, elf-like, you know, creatures. All of it, without fail, went into my grandmother's attic. And when my grandmother died, my aunt and her son and her husband had to then go take apart the attic. And it was just so traumatic for them. They talked for years and years afterwards about it. It was just the worst thing in the world. Wow. Having to go through all of this shit. And it's also really depressing because, like, you know, you're pulling apart all this stuff and it's, like, all worthless. And it has no worth and no value. And then you start thinking, like, oh, Patty believed this was going to have value. Man, she was fucking wrong. So there's the weight <laughs> of all of that, like, that she spent her life pursuing this garbage that ended up being just that garbage. And then you think of how excited she was when she got it and how... It all ended up being nothing. Right. And it's kind of what life is. At the end, you just, you, you, you go into the ground and you rot. But it was, <laughs> you know, at the end, you know, you can be so proud of your abs or your body. At the end of the day, you just go into the ground, you rot like everyone right. else. And that was kind of, I think, that experience for them of being like, oh, my God, this is all worthless garbage. A lifetime. Yeah. A lifetime's worth of garbage that meant nothing and it was a waste of money, and I guess it made my mother happy in the moment, so maybe that was good. Yeah, that's interesting, because I, 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 I'm a minimalist like you are. Like, we live similarly. Yes. And uh, I, my mom was a tweaker, and right. tweakers hoard stuff. I mean, they, like, stay up all night, and they're digging other people's things out of uh, Goodwill donation bins yes. and bringing them back home. And our house was this constant rotating collection of just stuff. And then my mom was very high and kind of, like, expected everything to be clean. So you had to clean her trinkets. You know, you had to clean the knickknack shelves and shit. So it was very stressful for me when I was a kid, and I just I don't like stuff. I don't like. Stuff I never even sucks. hung anything on my wall until stuff the last is, year. There's not a lot of stuff that's good. Have you ever owned a plant? No, and I don't. You know, uh, people have said that. Like several of the places I've been, they've gone you, that you should have a plant in here. <laughs> I don't know. I got. I, I, I've I never get, had a plant. Yeah, I might get one or t- so. I, I don't know. I like cactuses because you don't have to do anything with them. Right. So the cactus is my perfect type of plant. It's you ignore it. It's kind of already dead, but it's alive. Yeah. That's my idea of a plant. Yeah. The more and more shit you need, the more people you need to care for the shit, the more things you want. Like I have a friend who has a horticulturalist who like does the flowers around their houses all the time. It keeps them seasonal and keeps them fresh and keeps them from dying. And like, so now you got that person. And if you- You know, it's just too, it's too much. I mean, not for them because they have, they have an empty 
horrible life. Like, <laughs> they have nothing, and the flowers are like the replacement for social commitments or family. But it's you know, yeah. I'm yeah, also alone. I'm alone, and there's there's a way when when someone walks into a house of someone who is, lives alone, there are signs that you're doing okay or not. Yeah, and that's real clear pretty soon after you enter. <laughs> There are certain choices made when you live alone that make people go, huh, okay. And there's certain – so, for example, like no stuff is a problem. Too much stuff, also a problem. Right. Also a problem. Like you got to be right in the middle of that where it's like it shouldn't feel like a, a desolate, barren wasteland where you sleep on a floor. But it also shouldn't be – like this big happy home for who? That's yeah. what I've – like with Christmas decorations, mm. I've gone over to people's houses who live alone and they really deck it out for Christmas. And that's sad. And you go, what's this for? Yeah. Who's this for? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Should I be worried? And so to me, it's like – and I've done that before. I had a big tree. I had all this stuff. And I was like, this is insane. <laughs> I realized that. I had a big tree. I had like a 10-foot tree. And then I realized, like, oh, this is an insane thing that an insane person would do. And I had everyone over and we were all decorating the tree and drinking hot chocolate and stuff like that. Wow. What? When? During the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. I was living out in Agora Hills, California, and everyone on the block had these big families. And I'm like, I'm going to act like I have a family, too. And I called all some shitty friends and had them come <laughs> over. And I was like, let's put the tree together. And you just, you know, you learn. You're like, okay, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a problem. I don't know. I have a problem being in my body, I guess. I'm learning. I'm pretty dissociated. Yeah. So I have uh, – I like a clean environment, and but clutter registers to me as as mess. But I – my partner now, you know, he's very good with vibe, and there's things hanging on walls, and there's plants and everything else. And so now I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get it. But I've lived my entire life. My friend said I live like I need – I might need to leave town at any moment. Yeah. I think I a lot of people out of a do. backpack. Yeah. Well, when I was an addict for many, many years, I would live uh, very simply, and I just cared about drinking and using drugs. Yeah. So I didn't like go like, does the couch match the like that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, so when you come out of that, you're still kind of hardwired in a certain way, where it's like you know, you. I understand real estate pretty well, and I understand like why certain people have certain houses and why certain people want certain things. And a lot of it is self-projection. A lot of it is whatever is ego or whatever. Some of it is the family and it's, you know, you want to recreate something you had or recreate mm. something you never had. Mm. Okay. And that's why a lot of people make the decisions they do. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm definitely not trying to recreate anything I had. Um, well, this is depressing. I uh, want to lighten it up a little bit and talk about fun. the end of the world. Well, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Isn't it? Nothing feels more fresh than a podcast, right? Because nothing feels more fresh. Should, should way, we just talk about how much we don't want a podcast? No, but it just feels like this now feels like what I guess old timey radio felt like in a weird way because, like, I feel like all the things we're saying are valid. I just want to say it like it'd be cool to say them another way. Yeah. No, this is how I felt about podcasting. I thought for a minute I was going to go to TikTok because I do have a desire to express. Yeah. But I, it's really hard for me to keep doing something for very yeah. long. So it has like the, um, I don't know, still watching the porn after you came 
sensation. Yeah, I, I just think that like we're we're about to enter a whirlwind of things that are going to be so interesting and different. And yeah, we, in terms of media, that I feel like podcasting will always be really cool. It's an intimate medium that'll always have a space, but there's also going to be a lot of stuff that floods in where a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of other cool shit too. Yeah, well, I'm ready for that. Yeah, all right, we can quit after this episode. Um, I want to talk to you about. Uh, conspiracy theories. Oh boy. I want to talk about conspiracy theories because I feel like I did a podcast with you, I think Mormon and the Meth Head, about conspiracy theories only two years ago. I think it was two, maybe two and a half years ago. And it was a completely different world where talking about conspiracy theories was, I don't know, um, not edgy, but it had a completely different connotation than it does now because yes. it wasn't a mainstream thing. It was kind of like an off in the distance, kind of dismissed. But then if you understood anything about conspiracy, th- you understood that a yeah. lot of them are actually true. And then it became mainstream yeah. almost. And then everything became well a conspiracy. Yeah. Theory. Well, there's two things I think that are happening. Number one, there's a good documentary that Adam Curtis made called hypernormalization. And, what he said, which was very interesting in the documentary, was that the internet was kind of our generation's LSD, mm. meaning that it was a parallel world. Like you could escape into this kind of trippy, dreamlike environment that bore some resemblance to the real world, but there was a lot of things in it that were, you know, inherently dreamlike, right? Or you could, you know, be a thing that you want to be or project an image. It wasn't necessarily true. It was like, you know, this this really wild landscape that nobody had ever experienced before. And um, so I think it's, it's, it's impossible to have a discussion about conspiracy theories that's divorced from the Internet right. and Internet culture. And that's the whole big thing uh, that I've seen because there were conspiracy theories before the Internet. Right. There were books. There were authors. I've met many of them. They would show up at Borders or Barnes and Noble. There'd be 15 people there. They'd want to talk about Kennedy. They'd want to talk about the Bush family. They'd want to talk about some election. They'd want to talk about, um, you know, people being denied the opportunity to vote in Florida and they couldn't get their books on the mainstream media. And they were kind of confined to like independent bookstores and sometimes bigger chain bookstores. But it was always the amount of people like I remember going to see Russ Baker talk about his book, Family of Secrets, about the Bush family in 2007 in Long Island at I forget Borders or Barnes and Noble or wherever. And I remember being one of 20 people there. There were 20 people that were there to hear about the real story of the Bush family and how George H.W. Bush was a deep cover CIA agent who then became the president. And then put his son, you know, on this fast track or whatever. And I remember being one of 20 people sitting in Long Island uh, after I went to the Cheesecake Factory. And (laughs) and I'm sorry, California Pizza Kitchen. They're they're next to each other. (laughs) And that was it. So there was 20 people in. And that was was conspiracy theories for years, for all of time until the Internet. Right. Right. It was that. It was like, did you read so-and-so's book? And. You know, there were mailing lists. There were fucking, I mean, you know, and it's not that long ago. Right. It's not that long ago. There were books that would toy with the idea of conspiracies. Every now and then a a magazine would run a flashy, edgy article that kind of hinted at a conspiracy. But that was conspiracy theories for the most, 
for most of their history, alternative history, I call it, instead of conspiracy theories, was books and the types of people who would read books and the types of people who would do the research to write books. They would sit in libraries and look at microfiche and put together news articles and make really compelling cases for actually you think it's this way, but it's actually this way. Right. Well, enter the Internet. Enter the internet. Now conspiracy theories are an industry. Uh, the, you don't have to write a book. Right. You don't have to research. You don't have to do anything. You can kind of go out and go, la, 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 and someone's going to be connected to what you're doing somehow. And, you know, it just becomes like anything else. So I think that major leap from studious people that were foregoing careers, they were making less money right. than they could have. Right. Now you have people making more money than they would have to do conspiracy content. Now, not all of it's bad. Not all of it has no value. Right. But now there's so many people that go, this is a way to make a lot of money. So you have QAnon and all these QAnon influencers go out there and take a legitimate premise, which is rich politicians abusing children, which is a real thing that we all know has happened. It's been verified Many, many times. But then they take it and go, what a great way to to grift and make a lot of money by then connecting it to all these things that it may or may not be connected to. Okay. Do you think that that's what it was like, let's say, Pizzagate? Yes. Do you think that was people intentionally being grifters and turning it into that? Or do you think, like, obviously the the premise of this and everything I do is that I believe that we are having some sort of um, huge awakening. Yes. Right? So the way that it felt to me, and I didn't get too far into it, is that it's a pretty natural phase in the awakening to start to wake up to the fact that things are not what they seem. And as soon as you get that inkling, it's a pretty natural evolution for every single thing to feel like a psyop and every single thing to feel like a hidden code. So when I heard, I think I watched the documentary about it, um, that they were like decoding stuff in the thing. That is a psychosis that kind of comes with getting now you can't even say getting red pilled because it means some stupid QAnon shit. Right. But having that moment of awareness that everything is not that you've been living in a in a fucking uh, propaganda campaign your entire life. That just felt like the chaos of what happened. Well, I explained it like when I explained QAnon, it was people that had kind of awakened to the idea that like, yes, horrible things were happening. And it just kind of melted their mind because they had no frame of reference and they had kind of had this like overnight thing. So Pizzagate, the reason I was skeptical of Pizzagate is there were no victims, whereas with the Franklin scandal, there are victims you can right. interview. Uh, the, the, the Catholic Church, there are victims. All of these scandals, there are victims. The Hollywood scandals, a lot of there are victims. People come forward. Pizzagate had no victims. Yes, maybe the victims were all taken care of or gotten rid of, but there were no victims. It was like right. it was kind of like a weird like game of like, well, this doesn't really mean mozzarella sticks. It means sex, and you go, okay, maybe. But there was nothing – there were no real people going, yes, I went there. I was – you know, and, and they have that in all of these other cases, by the way. All of these other cases, they have victims. From Epstein, everyone goes, no, 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 no. I was a victim. It's like the media doesn't really pay attention, but they're there. And, like, the media paid more attention to Epstein. Um, so, yeah, I think it was the same thing with QAnon where a lot of people overnight or in a very short span of time realized that the world was heinous. 
that there was evil, that the evil was not in some far-flung land. We've done a great job of saying all the evil comes from the Middle East and it looks a certain way and it's scary and it, there's a camel and like – because that's how I grew up. That's where the that's the yeah. evil, and it's North Korea, and it's Iran. It's an axis of evil, but no, the evil's a lot closer to home. And there are people that look like you, could work near you, people that you shook their hand at the state fair that are a governor or a senator. There is really evil people doing really bad things, and I think overnight having that awakening, you know, melted people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like, um, how did you feel when, how old were you when 9-11 happened? 11th grade of high school, okay. Mrs. Rice's history class. What was your impression, let's say, in the three weeks after that? I mean, you were there. You were in New York, Yeah, I right? mean, I didn't get into the conspiracies for a while. Yeah. Like, I, I accepted all things at face value okay. at that point in my life. Like, I was, and I remember people being shocked and they hear this, like, really? I'm like, yeah, I was like 16. Almost everyone did. That's yeah, like, Now it's 16. annoying when people act like they were hip to it. Yeah, I, I didn't see I any of like that. I was like 16 and I was not really thinking too deeply about anything other than myself. 16-year-olds should really be thinking about themselves. And right. if, if, you know, somebody, some, some people like my, my friend will be like, talk about her daughter. She's like, she's so selfish. It's like, she's 15. She should be. What are you nuts? <laughs> like if somebody's thinking about other things they are either a saint or like crazy and they're not a saint. So be glad that your kids are selfish. They should be. They're teenage years. They got to keep themselves together. It's a weird fucking place. Right. Right. So when I was 16 and that happened, I was like, fuck, people are dying. You Friends I went to school with, their parents are dying and or were missing and they obviously died. Um, and I was like, wow, this is fucking weird because we had just come through an incredibly boring period of time where it was like fun. You know, you had the election. It was like fake. And everybody was like, are the chads, you know, the hanging things. And, <laughs> you know, the SNL was really funny. And I remember that's what kind of tipped me off to everything. I was like, SNL and the thing are the same. I'm like, so it can't, there's no way, there's no way that this is the way everything works. That like a comedy show is the same thing as uh, the government. I'm like, there's got to be another layer there. But I didn't think too much more about it. It was funny. Yeah. And I just cared that it was funny. Um, And then when 9-11 happened, I think in the three week span of time, it was just like, oh, what's Afghanistan? I had no idea. Like I was just, I started to read books about the world because I didn't know anything. And then I led, then eventually... I started going, huh, okay. Because there was a few things that never made sense, but I just accepted it. Mm. Like, they hate us because of our freedom. That even (laughs) saying it was weird, like, back then. But I was like, maybe. You know, I was like, maybe they do. Right? I'm like, maybe they do. Like, I was like, yeah, man, they don't have the shit we got, and they're mad. And I was like, okay, that kind of made sense. But, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, that's a weird, that's just a weird (laughs) sentence to say, right? They hate us because of our freedom. It's so weird. Like, it's an odd if you're in an argument with someone and you're like, you hate me because of my freedom. It's like a strange, <laughs> it's an odd, it's just such a weird way to, but I accepted it because I'm 16 and I'm like, live in Long Island. I'm like, yeah, our lives are pretty cool. We get high. We go to good Dave and Buster's. Maybe if they could do that. And there's an element of, you know, <laughs> like I was like, maybe they'd be happier. And there's an element of that that's true, right? So if you're, if you're a young Muslim guy and you got, pussy and you could go to Dave and Buster's and you lived in like Afghanistan, you'd, you'd be happier for sure. That doesn't mean 
but that's also a far cry away from like they planned and executed attack because we have Dave and Buster's. So when I started reading more about it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of things that are weird. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that's weird. And it's still weird. And I still don't know. I still, I don't believe we're being told the truth about that day, but I have no idea what happened. And I don't, I can't tell, like, I can tell you things that are weird. I can go the FBI and the CIA and they let these people in that they knew it in. Are these 15 guys are all, you know, 15 out of the 19 come from Saudi Arabia and that's super weird. And, you know, the Saudis and us, we have this close relationship and Bandar Bush, who is a, a Saudi guy. He's on the, he's at the White House four days later and it's weird and Bush is in the air and Cheney's in the, it's all weird. Yeah. But I can't, I don't know. Like I, I've given up. I'll go to the grave never really knowing what happened. I don't know. It's just real weird. Yeah. So it's was, odd. Was 9-11 your, like, what was it when you were a kid? Because you're somebody who yeah. um, sees through yeah. that we live in some sort of uh, the fucking Truman Show or yeah. something. Like, was that something as a child you were like Well, that? I loved comedy and I loved Saturday Night Live and I always watched it. And I, oh, and I watched it during the 2000 vote thing, you know, mm. kind of going back to that. And... It was amazing to me how ridiculous this was, this mm. idea of this country. Like we didn't have a president for like 20 days or 30 days and it was a whole maneuvering thing. And it was very funny though. And like all these sketches were really, really funny and they were like pretty true to life about these crazy like hanging pieces of <laughs> paper. That go. So I'm like – so you start thinking to yourself like this can't be all the country is, right? It, right. Can't, it can't only be buffoons. Because back then it was just like, we're all buffoons. Yeah. We're all buffoons. We had this election. We don't even know. Bush can't pronounce words. Nobody <laughs> really knows. Like, these old people can't put the thing. And it was all very, very funny. But I'm like, but there's no way that that's everything. That could probably, that's, that's certainly more of it than anyone wants to admit. Because there are a lot of idiots that have power. <laughs> but there's no way that that's every. I'm like, there's no way that any of these people are the only person running the show. Like, there's, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? right, that Bush or Clinton or any of these guys were, like, the only people. So I was instinctually kind of distrusted that narrative that, like, we've got a president and he's the guy and he makes all the big decisions. And that was always kind of weird to me. I didn't know what was really happening until I would kind of grew up, was older, but I just instinctually knew. And then also a lot of the things, you got to remember, I was an actor when I was six. I right. started acting on in shows when I was six. I went through the process of auditioning. I saw how reality was created, right? I saw how shows on TV got cast. I saw how decisions got made at a very, very young age. I saw how you'd walk into a place with ketchup on your shirt and everything, and your mom would like change your shirt and she'd make your hair look good. And you'd go in and you weren't the kid that was eating McDonald's. You were now this kid that was ready to be like, it's so soft or whatever the commercial called for. Right. Right. So I saw like on a low level um, how uh, things were crafted, how you could become another person, how when you auditioned, you had to be this version of yourself that you weren't. And this is what you did. And, you know, and, and then I was in mortgages when I was in my, you know, late teens, early 20s. And I saw that like. Our entire economy was based on fraud and like the president was like 70 percent of Americans own their own homes. It is not great. And somebody should have been like, but how and what? Like, what's the average income in this country? How do they all own homes? Like, 
but every adult, every person I knew. And then I also saw that it like it wasn't it wasn't people running around. And this was the, the major thing that I think really I took from that. It wasn't people running around going, we're scamming people. We're getting the better of them. Right. People really, really believed that this was the new world where it would go on forever. These loan programs were great and everybody should take low interest rates and balloon mortgages. And all the guys I worked for took them and I took one. It was not the energy of all of it. When people on the outside, they think the energy is like a bunch of like miserly people being like, let's get them. It wasn't that. It's like we are the – it's what the tech people are doing now. Right. It's like they're like we're the new thing. And so and, – and, and when you look back in hindsight, you go, what are you fucking insane? But so that mass psychosis that happens, that can happen, it's much, it's much more comfortable to think of a bunch of people ripping you off. It's, it's much weirder to think about like this mass – kind of mass formation psychosis of all of these people truly believing and buying into it. They truly buy in. So I think the people, the CIA really buy in. I think the people at all of these places really buy in. I don't think it's like people that are like, uh, they know they're lying. They know they're cheating. They know they're stealing. They know they're killing, but I believe they truly buy in. There's maybe a few that don't at the very top, but I think the vast majority of the, the line filler in the, and so that was, Coming out of mortgages, I looked at it all very differently where I was like, yeah, I think a lot of these people do buy in to the idea that, like, we got to torture this person because at the end of the day, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys and we can do horrible, horrible things because we are on the side of light and they're on the side of darkness. And people are not everyone's able to sleep. People have to sleep and they have to figure stuff out in their own head. So it's like I, I do believe that, like. A lot of my life experiences have led me to kind of that where I'm like, you know, they're, they're true. But a lot of these fuckers are true. Believe these tech people are true believers. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of agenda talk in the conspiracy world, you know, a lot of yeah. agenda talk. And I it's exhausting to me because it's like so much of this stuff is misunderstanding projection it's the result of not the stuff you're talking about but right. a lot of the 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 left and right thinking there's conspiracies against each other is a result of living in echo chambers right and then creating paranoid delusions because you're committed to misunderstanding people you refuse to have a fucking civil conversation with right so there's a lot of of agenda talk everybody thinks somebody's a hand-wringing villain you know when most of the time it's a million tiny agendas everyone's just trying to get theirs in yes. whatever way that is but i don't think it's just money i think a lot of time what what people are trying to get theirs is validation they're right. trying to be seen they're trying to work their way up and it's like oh well this guy was trying to work his way up at the same time that this person was trying to impress this yeah. woman at the same time that this person was trying to get more yeah. money and next thing you know this thing happened and at the core i think that morality is what people use to justify doing horrible shit That's i right. think we keep this idea of morality rather than integrity like here's my yes Here's my personal integrity, and I need to be constantly questioning it. There's this idea, and I, when I lived in Austin, and I was meeting all these tech people and talking to all these tech people, and they're all incredibly wealthy, and they all have a lot of money, and money's a huge motivating factor, and money is never separated from the other things that surround it, which is like social position, right? right. That's huge. Right. And like who you are friends with and who your wife or husband is friends with and where your kids go to school and who they're friends with and like 
what the life you've carved out for yourself. Money's a major factor in that, but it's also not the only thing. There's social position and there's like, you know, jockeying for like respect and clout and legacy and ego and all this weird shit, right? Um, but when I was talking to those tech guys in Austin, like they really do believe that, you know, they are the curators of the new world that we're going to live in. And mm. if that world needs to have uh, certain speech in it, some of them believe that it should be more free. Some of them don't. They're not a monolith. There are people in there that do believe in more uh, of free speech. And then there are people that believe in a lot of guardrails and it's very curated and it's, you know, um, but they all share the belief that whether they're 100 percent, some of them are libertarians, some of them are, you know, liberals, some of them are right wing, but they all share the belief that, you know, they are on the cutting edge in a way that people in finance are not. And, you know, they believe they are part of the business that is changing the world for the better in more ways than any other business. Mm. And they're utopians in that sense, that they believe that they have the power and the tools to create a utopia. You know, there's never been a business that knows your fears, your hopes, your dreams, everything you've Googled, everything you want, everything you uh, are terrified of, all these things. They have all of your data. They know more about you. They know what you jerk off to. They know if you're having a problem shitting. Like, they have all of the data. Right. They own everything. And they're kind of godlike, right? In the same way that, like, the the stock Wall Street guys in the 80s were godlike. They were crashing economies all over the world. And before them, the robber barons that came, you know, to America and the building railroads and whatever. But they were kind of godlike because they were, like, connecting these two parts of the country that never fucking saw each other. And it's like, I own that railroad. I own Pennsylvania to New York. I own the ferries that take you from New York to where you want to go. Like, these are all godlike things. Like, these are huge things. And now it's the tech people, and they're all true believers. I'm always this, this cynical guy that's, like, wants to get one of them on the side, be like, yeah, 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 but come on. You know it's all bull. None of it. The lack of that is what's always shocked me. The Because la- then they know I'm a comedian. Like, the lack of, like, ha, 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 but really, come on. Right. The lack of it is always what's stunning to me about all these people, all the high-level people I've ever met and ever spoke to. And I guess you can't – I'm a comic, so I do that all the time. You can't get to the level they get to if you have any doubt. All I do is have doubts. Right. I, I have doubts all the – even as I'm saying this, I'm like, is it coming out right? Like all I do is live in the world of doubt, which is humor. Comedy is not confident. You deliver it confidently, but you're delivering your doubts going, why is this this? And I suck and this suck. So to me, it's such an alien world for a guy to just, you know, stoic, stone face, be like, this is the way that it is and I believe that and – so that's, I think, what, what the conspiracy world gets wrong often is that what they're calling conspiracies are often like these mass formation kind of a psychosis where you have a lot of people that for whatever reason tend to believe a certain thing and they're not keeping – some of them are keeping new information out. And some of it is very top down where they're like, don't run that article and don't have that guest on the news. But I think the vast majority of people, I think most people believe Kennedy, like not most people in the people, people. But I believe that when Kennedy was shot, I think a lot of people in the government really believed it was Lee Harvey Oswald. And I don't I think the ones that did it didn't. But a lot of them did because it's easier to believe that than to think you're vulnerable to get shot. 
Right. It's a weird thing, right? It's like Christopher Hitchens went to North Korea once and he said, nobody talks about how bad things are, that there's the food shortages and that the lights don't work. And he goes, that was so uncomfortable. He goes, I've been in many totalitarian systems where they'd make a joke in a cafe. People would know how bad shit is. He goes, North Korea, there's none of that. And he goes, I think the reason for that is because it's easier to just take all the crap than admit your entire life has been a lie. Right. So I think it is very hard for people that are in those positions to go, wait, we're the bad guys? Right. And that's really hard. There's FBI agents that go to bed in some house in New Jersey and they tuck their kids to bed and they go to bed and they got a flag on the wall and a cross on the wall and whatever. And, you know, you know, they truly believe that they're the good guys. And, you know, and in certain cases they might be. But in order to really they I don't think many of them put themselves under that kind of self-examination. Mm-mm. No, I think that I think that they believe they're doing the right thing. Right. For whatever and and most people and this is the thing about the 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 they when it's always right. the they. A lot of it's human nature. I believe it's unconscious human nature. I believe that humans are driven towards uh a lot of you know, I don't know, darker things when not conscious, right? So you ever known a friend that's like um, explaining why they need to uh, do something, but you can hear that they're bullshitting or they're like justifying something they did and you can hear that they're bullshitting. They don't know that they're bullshitting. They have like partitioned that off in the in the spiritual community. We would say that's in their shadow. Right. So they have they can't handle the shame of admitting that about themselves. So they put it back here and they justify it. And so I've known people who are like lying to their partner and then they're pissed off that their partner is accusing them of lying. And it's this crazy disconnect where it is like, but you are li- you are lying. You know? I was mad at my mother for not believing me. I was in 11th grade and I was sneaking back into my house and I was really high and I was on the phone with her and I said to my friend, I'm like, she doesn't believe me. She thinks I'm lying. I'm so fucking mad. And they're like, but you are lying. I'm like, yeah, but she doesn't <laughs> she know doesn't that. She doesn't know that. She yeah. doesn't know that. So why would she? Yeah. But that's how crazy you get. I mean, but the that, outrage is yeah. real. Like, yeah, the outrage I was really mad. Real. I was like, really mad that she didn't believe me even though I was lying because I'm like, why would she think I'm lying even though I'm a liar? Right. Yeah, And so that's not self-aware. Even though you are consciously aware of the fact that you're lying, you've not, like, expanded your consciousness to be able to hold self-awareness. That's right. So the people who are doing these things, they are not self-aware. They right. still have fractioned, partitioned parts of their consciousness. Yeah. So they are just doing whatever self-serving A lot thing. of it's childhood shit, too. Like, one of the things that's interesting in that Family of Secrets book about the Bushes was that— They had done some crazy research. You know, this guy had done a lot of research into the Bushes and like George H.W. Bush, Poppy Bush. He had done some research and he got he he was very honest once when he was very young in school and he got in big trouble for it. He got in like a Mm. lot of trouble because like for whatever reason, something happened and he was like, okay, I admitted it or came clean or he was honest. And like he was kind of reprimanded for that. And it was like a big thing. And I think, you know, sometimes you go, okay, well, fuck that. You know, yeah, like some of this shit does get ironed out when you're young. Like I wanted to be a comic or get attention since I was a little kid. And like, I think some CIA agents are probably created young to a degree, like the ability to torture a person to death. I don't know. Does that develop at 30? I mean, maybe it does in certain cases, but like there's also the type of person who could just live a double life or a triple life and 
you know, burn their fingerprints off and not be identifiable and just live this crazy, wild. You know, there's, I could never do that. Like, I, I remember once I said to a friend, I was like, I'd like, it was 11th grade. It was, or maybe early 12th grade after 9-11. I was like, dude, how cool would it be to be in the CIA? Because then we were all like, I'd be cool to like have a job with consequence, you know? And he's like, but you couldn't tell anyone you were in it. Immediately I went, oh, fuck, I'm out. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Because the idea of being at a bar, being like, see, I, and then as soon as I found out I couldn't tell anyone, I was like, oh, I'm out. Why would I do that? I wanted time attention whore pig. Yeah. I'm a pig whore attention pig. Yeah. Has that shifted for you? What? Pig, <laughs> pig whore attention pig? That's my new book. Has it started? <laughs> I, that's something I, uh, social media. I mean, we can all say it's, I mean, I don't know. No, I mean, I, 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 I don't want attention for the sake of it, but I want to do shit that people think is good. Mm. So I do think it's changed in that sense where I'm like, the things I do, I want to be proud of and think are good, but I want people to see them and enjoy them. And I want like large numbers of people to enjoy something I made. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what got me into comedy and it's what keeps me in it. Like. I do want a large group of people to go, oh, this thing that you made was cool and we liked it and it's fun and it's kind of, you know, helped us to a degree or made us feel a certain thing. I want to get a feeling out of people. I want to get a, something out of people. I want them to laugh. You know, when you mm. when you do comedy, you're, you're trying to get a reaction out of people that, you know, is usually hard to fake, right? They, right. They, you're trying to make them laugh and when I podcast, I try to make them laugh and Everything I've done, I pretty much am always trying to make some. So I think in that sense, it hasn't died. But like, I think the these because uh, uh, when you get pot, here's the thing: you, nobody understands negative attention, right? Until you get attention, like people go, "I want to be famous," or "I want to be this," or "I want to be that," but then they don't understand that it comes with like, "Oh, privacy's gone." Oh, people uh, say anything they want about you, if it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Oh. Um, the, there are things that you just have to accept as whatever. And you, you can't necessarily demand, like I remember Nick Mullen said to me once, because you just lose control kind of over you, the self that you put out there. Yeah. You know, there's so, a thousand of you yeah. or, or hundreds of thousands or millions yeah. of you walking around based on other people's projections. That's right. And there is energetically an experience of that. Even if you don't look at the comments and you hide from it, yeah. you do. I, there's something energetic about it. Well, it's theirs, too. It's like when you give that to them, that is theirs. It's right. not mine. I can't control that. You just put out stuff and you hope that people like it or not. But they're your Part of you is now lives in that ether of them and like there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands of hours of me talking. People are going to make up their mind about me in some respect. There's no there's nothing I can do about that. Some people are like, I hate them. Some people go, I like this. Some people go, it's overrated. Some people go, I never got it. Some people go, this is great. Some people go, this should be bigger. Some people go, I can't believe it's this big. Like you get every reaction and you just have to deal with it. It's part of the thing. Yeah. Um, and that's that. Yeah, it does suck sometimes. I uh, I'm nothing on, on that uh, level, but I deleted my um, Instagram on the week that the baby, for the month that the baby I miscarried in January, yeah. Buzzkill Alert, was supposed to be born. Because right. I'm like, I just don't want to be on the internet. I don't want to be triggered. And yeah. somebody came across, I don't know, it must have been meth pee or something, and uh, went to my website and got my Cash App that's on my website for something else. And Cash App requested me $1,000 to tell me to get better 
at comedy or something. And I was like, I was like hiding because I was like, I don't want right. to deal with anybody's shit. Right. And you kind of have to deal like if you're if you're in the public space and you're there presenting art and people can like it or not like it. But a lot of people go really far out of their way to. Um, well, because it's trolls and trolling's fun. Yeah. And it's fun to do ridiculous things. And people get bored and people are kind of just like. I just wrote him back and was like, hey, I'm just, you know, uh, at home celebrating the, yeah. the, the, you know. Non-birth. Now, what did they say to that? They didn't write back. Right. Um, but that's my new thing is vulnerability. Yeah. I think. Boundaried vulnerability. Yeah. Is how I'm going to move through the world. Well, I think it's like there's an acceptance of what this online shit is. And then there's an acceptance of like what real life is. Right. And. They have to be separate things. Right. Like people say to me, they're like, why don't you do vlogs where like I would have like people like behind the scenes with me going like, look at him. He's about to do stand up or he's about to. And I go, well, at what point would I then have for myself? Like, right. At what point would anything in my life be real? Right. Like, you know, you do stand up, you do a podcast, you appear on other people's shows, you work on books, you work on scripts to do other things. Like at what point would you want to have a moment that you are not trying to monetize or market or, yeah. And I, it's sometimes people like there are no, none. There are literally people that it's just when they fuck it, the cameras are off <laughs> and every other time it's like, you know, and for, to me, I'm like, that feels like a completely wasted experience on the planet. Yeah. And, and I think you get really, really, but the people, a lot of the people who do that, there's no artistic thing. Like the internet's a business. YouTube's a business. The people that have gotten really big on YouTube, not all of them, but a lot of them understand that the business is uh, in the trade is accessibility. Right. Letting people into your life is what they pay for. It's why they watch. It's what they want. It's a voyeuristic thing. Um, so even if you're not creating something inherently of value, your skill set um, is to allow people in. You go, I'm going to live publicly right. for as much of my life as I can and give these people access to me. They're going to be in my house, in my backyard. They're going to be when I go on a vacation. They're going to be everywhere. They're going to be in the tent that I go into Joshua Tree. Wherever they are, that's where they're going to be. And I think that's certainly a way to do it. I don't think that's a moral right or wrong. I don't think that... That makes them better or worse at any in any thing. I just think that's a. I I don't believe for me. I would like to. I want to be on, and then I want to be off. And right. like if I'm on, I want to really be on, and if I'm off, I want to really be off. But I think a lot of the content creators, like they've marketed, kind of being these kind of very relatable, accessible people, where they're always they're like, yeah, I'm just me, man. I'm just me. Me isn't enough. I want to be funny and interesting. But a lot of those guys are like, hey, man. And that's why they do all the crazy shit because they themselves are not so bad. They're like, we're going to get fucking jet skis <laughs> and we're going to the fucking lake and then we're going to blow up a car because they know <laughs> that we're going to fill the pool with M&Ms and we're going to swim around because they know that without that, what are they? Right. They know they're just – it's a fantasy world where people can watch them do gar- ridiculous garbage and people like it. And and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's never what I like saw value in doing for myself. Right. So I like that kind of like 
oh, if I'm doing something, I'm my goal is that it's good. Right. Not just that it exists and there's a lot of it. Right. And there's more of it than other people. Well, so then you probably don't have that thing you maybe had when you were younger where you just wanted attention at all times. Right. Well, I still want the attention, but it's just like I don't think I would effectively get it that way. Like that's the other thing. Like I I think because I can't talk about stuff that I don't care about. I can't do things I don't like. I don't I'm not built that way. Right. I have to just be honest, and that gets me in trouble because I'm always trying to be funny, and funny isn't accurate. Honesty is not accuracy, by the way. This is the other thing that people don't understand. I'm honest. I might say something honestly, and somebody be like, that's completely wrong. And I'm like, oh, yeah, probably. I'm just saying it because it's how I feel in the moment, and it's not. So I think that, like, you, 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 I do want attention for things that I consider good, and I just. I can't do things that I don't think are good. Right. So even if they are really, really popular, I don't, I don't know that I would, it would be good to do. Yeah. Um, so with the current state of how things are, with how conspiracy theories and everyone thinks that everything is a psyop and everybody is, um, where do you think this goes? Do you think this leads to discernment, which is what I think we need, right? I think it leads, and I I could be totally wrong about this. You know, the best place it leads, to be honest, is like, and people are going to not like this or misunderstand what I'm saying, is apathy. Mm. Where, like, people are no longer looking for answers to questions that are, like, not, don't have a direct, like, like, impact on their lives. Like, people are kind of more community oriented and family oriented and friends oriented and like let me go back to like what I know and understand and let me work within this smaller system Mm. and these global big problems and answers that like everybody's very obsessed with I don't know I just I think that it possibly goes back to where everybody goes like yeah I don't care like I'm gonna keep my kids safe like so like I'm never gonna find out who was on the Epstein's island or they're never gonna get justice right never gonna be justice for that but I'm going to make sure that I take care of my kids and the kids I care about and make sure that they never are in a position in their life, whether it's drugs or whatever, to ever meet a guy like Jeffrey Epstein, right? Um, because I think that's what a lot of people probably get out of all this stuff is that, like, there are evil, bad people in the world. That, that's what I would say. People go, well, what do you think people learned for the last couple of years? Evil people look like you. <laughs> <laughs> And they have a lot of money and they have positions in society and a lot of people love them and they're religious people and they're uh, senators and congressmen and, and they're media figures. Jimmy Seville in the UK, they're these liked people. And, you know, you have to be very careful and sort of cynical and skeptical of everybody and kind of like, you know, that's what I think people learn from this. I think like the big like I just don't think – I don't – like for me to say people won't believe in the system, I don't think anyone believes in our system. I, I think they I, yeah. used to though. Yeah, I they, think that that's, that's hopefully what this awakening yeah. leads to, the, the awakening that um, – I think that you, you need energy from the masses yeah. to create the realities that these people have created for themselves. It's a real wild experience to be on earth at this particular moment. Yeah. I mean I love it. Yeah, to – to see what's happening and where it's going and, you know, there's there's not much to be done other right. than, like, taking care of who you are and who your people are and, like, being a 
person with integrity and compassion. And I mean, I, I don't know. Are you going to try to calm the Russia situation down with your Twitter? It seems doesn't seem to like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people get mad at me when I say shit like this. But it's like, you know, we're kind of watching a movie. Yeah. Did you always feel like that, though? Did you go through a evangelical phase? Like, 9-11 was a thing that... You can be in the movie. Here's the other thing. You can be in the movie. Right. If you want to be in the movie, you can go be in the movie. That's Do open. you mean by trying to break into a pizza shop? Well, the, he's in the movie. <laughs> you can go be in the movie. Like, you can go run for Congress or Senate or get in the movie. You can right. be a... Major media per- people say I'm in the movie because they're like, well, you sat next to Alex, you sat next to Joe, and you you've done this. You have this big show, this big platform. Like, I have no influence. I mean, I talk to a lot of people every week, but I have zero influence. And when you learn what real influence is, or or at least what I've come to believe it is, it's not as simple as just like having a following. Like, how many people on Instagram have their followings are so much more than me, and it's just like tits, French toast. <laughs> It's not real influence. Like real influence is like earned and kind of like some some people like Joe Rogan is like influence. He's built this thing for years and years and years and he's has so much integrity and he just says what he feels. And pe- like real influence is rare, I think. And even he has no influence with what's going on in Russia. Right. That's what I mean. Like he's the most influential guy ever in this space. And he's got n- nothing on that. Like he doesn't, he's, he's not able to do anything. So like when I talk about joining the, you know, trying to be in a movie, it's like you can get as close to it as you want. You could, you could join the military, pick up a gun and go over there eventually in fucking three months where they tell everyone that's what they got to do or whatever. You got to go die for the Donbass region of the Ukraine or whatever fucking thing they try to try out next. Um, you can be in the movie or you can watch the movie and go, right. huh. So like, to me, it's like. Yeah, I mean it's it's all up to you. Life's what you make it, right? Did you, you can go run through... into the cap? You can run into the Capitol. <laughs> you want to be in a movie? You could with a, with horns. He's in the movie. The guy with the horns who ran into the Capitol, Jake Angeli, the fucking guy from Arizona who ran in with the fucking raccoon hat or whatever he had on the Viking hat. He's in the movie. He wanted to be in the movie. Yeah, he goes. I want to be in the the movie. So he right. was in Capitol Riot One. Right. The siege of DC, like, <laughs> so it's like you can do the things. Did you ever go through a phase? I call it the sky is falling phase, where you have this sort because we're raised on this propaganda, right? Where we're raised on these movies where there is a hidden truth, there is a corrupt yeah. politician, and Julia Roberts just has to get it, yes. get to the print and get it on the newspaper and come out, and then the whole world knows and the whole world agrees, and that's not the world we live in. But when people start to wake up to this stuff, that's like it's the direction that they go. Is yeah. like I need to evangelize this. I need this, you know, because we all have kind of a savior complex. You know, I need to let everybody know the truth, and then they're gonna see it. Did you go through a phase like that when you started to put the pieces together, where well, you wanted I, people to understand the truth? Well, we put out a lot of truth. No one cares, right? So we 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 did. Yeah, there was a period where I was really excited to have these guys on the show. Yeah, we put it all out, but it's all been out. This is the thing about the truth. It's all there. Right. It's never not been there. The, nothing's ever been hidden. This is the real other problem, too. 
People act like just been in. There's volumes of books about everything that's gone on. No one's hiding it. Like they're hiding it from you in the dumbest way, where it's like not on Nickelodeon. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like any reasonable adult can find out that the Gulf of Tonkin's fake, that JFK stinks to high heaven, all this shit's weird. That the like none of this is ever. People just don't care. People really don't care. The Franklin scandal was out there. There was big articles in the Washington Post. The homosexual uh, uh, pedophile callboy ring towards White House. Like, it's there. It's just Iran-Contra fucking everything. <laughs> it's all there. It, it's really not that hidden. So there's that's the brilliant trick those movies play is like the Da Vinci Code. Like, it's a hidden riddle. And if it's... <laughs> No, it's not. And no one cares. If the riddle came out, no one would care. People don't care. Right. People just want to eat, fuck, get drunk. They they know. Because what are they going to do? Right. So, okay, you have all this truth. What are you going to do with all the truth? Go to work? Yeah. <laughs> Is it, are you better knowing all of the truth working the job? Are you better knowing all of it? Are you better not knowing it? And then what do you do with all this truth? Right. That's the real question. Yeah. Does it make you lighter? Do you feel more free? <laughs> so it's like this truth that people are looking for. I think it's very important that, you know, people educate themselves and know all of the because I always wanted to know reality and right. what is there. Right. I think that's important for my job. But I have like I have friends who go, I can't watch this human trafficking documentary. I have kids. I'm like, but shouldn't you watch it more because you have kids? And they're like, no, I'll, all, I'll do all day is worry about my kids being trafficked. They go, all I'll do all day is worry. My friend goes, I, I can't do it. I, I'll be paranoid. Like, I won't. They won't even have lives. They'll hate me. They go, I want to go to the grocery store. They want to go to pizza. My friends will go, you can't. You're going to be trafficked. Like, they go, I know the likelihood of them being trafficked is insanely low. I can't OD on this stuff. Yeah. Because I'll then ruin my kid's life when they go, they're 16. They go, I want to go to the movies with my friends. I go, No. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> so they go, they go, there's a certain diet of this stuff that becomes counterproductive right. at a certain point. Right. I mean, unless you want to go and, you know, again, be in the movie. Right. If you want to be in the movie, that's a whole different conversation. We're not advocating you being no in the movie. No one's saying to be in the movie. But that's the thing. It's like, that is the real distinction. Right. Russ Baker wrote this book about the Bushes. He's a, a footnote in the movie, but he's in the movie. He wrote this book. He found out the truth he wanted to find out. He collected all these stories and found out that, drum roll please, the Bushes lie. <laughs> um, yeah, and I keep bringing up this book because it is a good book. The Devil's Chessboard, David Talbot. Brilliant book about Alan Dulles, the creation of the CIA, the National Security State, how John Foster Dulles, who was the Secretary of State, and Alan Dulles, they created this double government that functioned independently of democracy and was basically this thing that was used by multinational corporations, American businessmen, big bankers to go in and sow discord in countries and overthrow elected leaders so that our companies could do whatever the fuck they wanted. And that those countries had policies that were favorable to our country. This is nobody is like there's no none of this is hidden. Right. Um, so it's all out there. This is the big thing. that It's all out there. Like so at the end of the day, it's like kind of like at a certain point. 
the diet of this stuff that you take in has to also match what you want to do with the information. It has to match that. I would say uh, you have to do some work for people who are really kind of stuck in this hamster wheel of conspiracy theory stuff is, um, number one, there's a dopamine hit, the aha. This is a big thing in spiritual awakening as well, getting your mind blown. The aha, you get addicted to that. It's like like pushing a button in your brain chemicals. Right. Uh, Doing work on your mental health and your nervous system. You know, you shouldn't be taking eight hours of this shit in all day. It gives you a very distorted version of reality where you really do think that your kids are going to get trafficked if you walk out of the house. It is also not serving any purpose other than you're now a conduit for all of this shit. And then, you know, hopefully you see power corrupts. That's it. If somebody has a lot of money, they have a lot of power. They're corrupted because that's how it works. Very few people end up with those things and then don't end up somehow corrupted doing it's also how weird you made, fucked up it's shit. Like, it's how you made your money. I think a lot of it is right. that. It's kind of like, you know, what is the goal? So if the goal is to have power, that's you're immediately in trouble. Right. Right? Like the goals have a lot of power. Well, that's usually people are driven yeah. to want that are yeah. the people who get it. Yeah. You know? And so I think that most of the reality that we grew up in is propaganda. Most sure. of it's bullshit. Most yes. of everything you've been told, we were born into a corporation and, you know, then you were indoctrinated through school to uh, work in, work for somebody. Yes. We are just like, we are like an employee factory. Yes. And all of your morals and your... Uh, you know, your virtues are based on what will make you a good compliant uh, employee. Yes. And that's the conspiracy. And you solve that one and you can solve that one because it's inside of yourself is to decondition yourself and go searching through yourself and figure out, is this serving me? Is this I'm not productive enough idea that's in my head running on a loop? Is this helping me or is this something put inside of me through the propaganda to make me a good employee? And I think that that's the sort of stuff that we can actually work on and get to a place where you have your own personal discernment so you're not getting sucked into propaganda. You know, I think if you think you have a team on one side of the government, you're probably a victim of propaganda. If you think any of these corporations give two fucks about you. The other thing is like I used to and I still and I feel what you're saying, but people really like that. Like, that's the other yeah. thing. People really like to living. To have a team. They like it. Like, all the stuff we're talking about, it's like, yeah, if you want to be, like, one of these people that gets it, go do that. But most people don't want to be that. Right. Like, most people don't want to be that. So, like, when you said, like, do you have the aha, like, I got to evangelize. Like, I know people. Yeah. They don't care. Like, they really don't want to know. So, it's like, some of them do. Some of them, the ones that do, we're going to figure it out anyway. It's kind of like. I mean, go tell my aunt that she's, that, you know what I mean? She's like, you know, she just wants to be like Trump's side. Two aunts. One's like Trump's the Hitler and the other one's like Trump is Jesus. And they just sit and they're the same person. They sit in a chair. They sit in a chair. They read catalogs. They go watch QVC. They One hates Trump, one loves Trump. And they drink white Zinfandel all day and then call people on the phone and bother them. They're the same person. So it's like, how many years do they have left on Earth? 20, 40, 30, 10? I'm going to go and tell them to fucking, like, take mushrooms and figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just yeah. at a certain point, it's kind of like, that's kind of what they enjoy. Maybe in their next life, in their next fucking whatever they end up being, like, maybe that person figures it out. Like... Yeah, I don't think you can wake anybody up. I don't think you can make anyone see your perspective. I hope that we have seen peak trying to... In- 
uh, inflict your perspective on other people, and yeah. we will start to realize that reality is way more subjective than we care to admit. Right. And that people just have different perspectives, and that I don't need to homogenize my perspective into yours in order to feel valid. Um, but I think for people who feel trapped on that conspiracy theory or have gotten sucked into that thing. It's also very like 2016. Like I think a lot of people are off that now. I mean, the QAnon shit, none of it came true. The people that are still hyping that are sad. Yeah. It's just over. Like, it's like, it doesn't mean that there weren't nuggets of truth in it. There's nuggets of truth. There has to be. There's there's a lot of them, but like this, this is the best way I can explain it. For the last few years, people in the conspiracy world thought that conspiracies were a movie that had an ending. Mm. Conspiracies are actually a soap opera. You just age out of watching or you get bored. Wow. That's what it is because they're not going away. As long as people can conspire, they're not going anywhere. People are going to be lying and you can hunt down every single one. You can talk about them. They're fun to talk about. You know, you could use that knowledge to protect yourself and your family. That's what you should do. But, like, it's an unending thing. There's not, It's not like one day it's like there's the end and now everyone's honest. Yeah. And there's no lying. Yeah. Because that's what conspiracy theories are at their base level. They're lying. People are lying. So the belief that, like, you're going to uncover the truth and then people are going to stop lying, it's like they're never going to stop lying. Right. And, by the way, the conspiracies people are interested in are, are always very big Conspiracies are never interested in like the little conspiracies of like why is cable three hundred dollars a month? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's never it's never not lying. Like everyone's always lying, and it's like from the they're so they're all over the place. People are conspiring to fuck you. <laughs> D- taxes are a huge conspiracy. Nobody even talks about right. Like they're stealing your money. What do they do with it? Well, they give it to the poor. Do they? Is that why L.A. Has tent cities everywhere because they're giving all this money to poor people. It's like, it's a, it's a lie. They lie. They take your money and lie. But it's like not sexy enough. It's not like private islands and jets <laughs> and this. It's just like boring accountants being like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's like so many of these conspiracies are boring. They're boring financial conspiracies. So nobody really cares about them. Right. Nobody cared, right? Like one art, one journalist, Bethany McLean, wrote an article about Enron called How Does Enron Make Its Money? It was like one person. Now we all know it was like the biggest like Ponzi scheme ever. It, like fraud just on a level that had never like – And but again, it was one journalist that cared. No one cared because it wasn't – the type of Nicolas Cage, National Treasure, right. Indiana Jones, Holy Grail thing. It was just like, here's a company lying and printing all this money. And by the way, it affected people. They were causing energy plants to go down in California. That whole thing where they were literally forcing plants to go down, calling rolling blackouts. Like all of that shit. Nobody fucking cared. Like you're sitting in your house. He's fucking black. You're like, what the fuck? That's a conspiracy. Right. Literally, it's also a conspiracy. So it's like certain ones suck up all the oxygen in the room, and then there's these other conspiracies that people don't really care about, but arguably they affect them much more. Right. Yeah. But I think the big ones get attention because if they're true, then everything's true. So that's yeah. why they get attention. So, and I understand that, right? So if the Epstein thing is true, and it is, you go, oh, everything's true. If they'll do that, if they'll abuse kids, if they'll kill people, cover it up, blah, blah, then what else won't they do? And you're right. Yeah. But that's where the big ones get attention because they're the standard bearers for, well, if they'll kill a president, 
if they'll, you know, blackmail politicians using children, if they'll do all of those things, what else won't they do? So I get that. Right. So get apathetic. Can't, well, take Move the diet. Take not apathetic. It's like the di- it's a diet. Right. Media is a diet. Social media is a diet. The internet's a diet. It's like, and I'm not an expert in diets, but like, <laughs> you know, do you eat the cupcake all the time? Right. Do you eat the ice cream all the time? Like, I I have bad self control with across the board with media with everything. You know, you take in as much as you want to take in. If you go nine, no people have gone. Yeah, no. I, I know people that have gone nuts because they can't handle it. They become schizophrenic to a degree, right? So, like, you take in as much of it, I think, as you can. I think people get into it at weird times. You know, your girlfriend dumps you. You're like, I want to just be on the internet 18 hours a day. Um, and then they got you. And the people who know they got you got you. They're like, we got them. Yeah. And then you start, you know, losing your mind. I think that's part of, you know, you got to decide what the appropriate diet is for you. Like there's some people that I always read because I think they're very interesting writers. Sometimes I don't agree with them at all, but I always read them. And then there are certain people who, if they come out with a documentary, I'll always watch it because they've made really good documentaries. You know, the Enron documentary, the smartest guys in the room, uh, the, the documentary about torture, taxi to the dark side. I forgot who did that. I fucking forgot the Enron doc, but these guys make really great docs. I'll always watch a documentary and I keep up on things. I I do a show where I talk about it. You know, I talk about the news. So I keep up on stuff. But I also think that like there is a point where it becomes overwhelming or too much. And Mm. you go because people get paralyzed by information and they go, well, what you know what I mean? And that becomes an issue because, you know, not to be super cynical here, but like. What are you going to do? Right. That's the other thing. It's like, what are you? Okay. Okay. You know these things. What are you going to do? And then you're like, okay, well, look. You know, the rational thing is, well, look at the food system differently. And I'm going to raise my kids differently. And I'm yep. going to live somewhere differently. And I'm going to fucking not listen to any of these people. I'm going to carve up my own life. I'm going to fully expect them to do fucked up shit at every angle. Right. I'm gonna, maybe I'll vote for someone if I think they're good and not vote for somebody if I think they're bad or you know, care more about my school board or my town council or the shit that actually affects me. But I'm, you know, that's the, 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 the you know, running into the Capitol with a wig on. <laughs> is it going to do anything? It's, it gives AOC the right to talk for three years that she was like, it was a civil war. They almost killed me. It gives all the people you dislike all the ammunition they need to do all the things they want. And. You know, I, 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 so I feel like it's, it's really, it's a diet and it's how much of it can you stand, how much of it can you handle? And then from knowing what you want out of life, how does this information help you? Right. Because we do have to be a little selfish at the end of the day. I know it gets a bad rap, but you have to be a little selfish where you go. I think we have to be a lot selfish, but I think the point of unplugging from the matrix, which yeah. is what conspiracy theories are often right. um, often a vehicle for people to go through some sort of awakening. Right. Awakening just meaning you were asleep, believing everything you were told in this kind of hamster wheel, whatever. And at some point you look around and realize this is a video game, the Truman Show, right. uh, all a lie, whatever. And then the point would be, you know, you can go nuts for a little bit. Most people do. But then you come out the other side and you go, OK, well, if this is a game, I'm going to do everything I can to be the creator of my own game rather than entering into this perpetual new victimhood 
of traumatizing yourself with what they are up to when you can't do anything about that's, them. Yeah, that's kind of the, that's yeah. kind of it. Yeah, so that's I like what you it. said about the food. Yeah. The change the things that you can change, set your sights towards that. They are going to be they. Like there is yeah. always maybe, I don't know. It might if change. enough people did those things, right. they wouldn't have the power they right. have. I believe that they have to have the attention. Like that sensation like we're batteries in the matrix yeah. is our attention. And we create their reality by buying into it and that's why the propaganda so when we unplug from that but it's so funny to me because people unplug from that and i believe that the way to truly collapse that stuff is to divest your energy so you can observe it like you're talking about but people go from being a cog in the wheel and just spouting the propaganda onto each other and living their life in that to unplugging and then dedicating their life talking about what the elites are doing even calling them the elites is so bonkers to me it's like you're writing that role for them call them parasites or ignore them but when you divest your energy and don't feed into it from this direction or the direction of obsessing over them, because it's very empowering for them when we talk like there are keepers. Yes. Yeah. And uh, like they have well, you know, command the, over the our other entire side, life. The other side of it, the, <laughs> the, 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 the negative, so the dark side of it is like, people really like it. Like they like it. Yeah. They really like, like people enjoy it. It you know more and more people I talk to it's like they everyone claims to hate all the things and then everybody kind of just does nothing but talk about, that Kardashians are horrible <laughs> but it's like they why it's they never so it's kind of like this people that hate everything consume more than people that they're like whatever yeah like here's the way I feel about the Kardashians I go huh. <laughs> Kim interests me because I think she might run for governor one day, and I actually think she'll be better than the the guy we have in because he's so bad. <laughs> it's not that she's amazing. It's that he's so bad. It's like it will get to that point. They're an interesting family, and they've built billions and billions of dollars. Emotionally, it means nothing to me. Mm. I don't hate them. I don't love them. I don't think they're good or bad for America. I don't care. It, it, emotionally, I have no I go, they're a thing that is massively big. It's connecting with people in a way much deeper than me. Not connected with me. I'm not buying the products. The show's on. I'll go, huh. Few minutes of it. It's interesting to see like what a one family can get out of a double murder, which is <laughs> what the you know. Good for them. More power to you. I don't hate you know, I've talked to so many people that are like, they're the they're the worst. And I'm like, I don't know if they're <laughs> the worst. It's like they're fucking making money because you're watching them and talking about them. And it's like you don't know who the that's the thing, the worst, you don't even know who they are. <laughs> they don't they're not out on E. Like they don't have shows on Hulu because they don't like the people that are really doing genocide are not like <laughs> like they're not showing you them at like a ski resort. So like the way I feel is like I just ignore a lot of it. I go, yeah, I don't I don't it's not for me. I don't know who it's for. I guess it's for people. Yeah. For young women. That are into it. I don't know who it's for. So it's like that energy you rarely see now. Like you you see a lot of like, ah, it's the worst or it's the best. They're great. Yeah. It's like, I'm so, I love Kim. And it's like, I don't know. So it's like, that's what a lot of this society is right now. It's people that feel the need um, to have a definite opinion. This is how I would describe society right now. 
people that feel the need to have a definite, unwavering opinion on an incredibly fluid situation. Mm. And that's what it feels like because things are changing so quickly and our understanding of things is changing so quickly and the circumstances in which we find ourselves are changing really quickly. Yet, But that doesn't sell. So what sells is like, I've got it. I've got the answer. I know the truth. I am the guy. I am the person. I represent the faction of good. They are the dark. They are evil. I am right. They are wrong. And then like new information comes to light and you're like, ooh, maybe I'm, you know. Yeah. So that's, I think, what it is. It's like we're living in this really crazy time. And I'm not saying don't have beliefs that are unwavering. Like it don't, murder's never good. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not <laughs> saying that. I can imagine people being like, see, he's a relativist. But on certain things, you know, your position might evolve on certain things, right? I mean, it might. Yeah. I mean, I think it has to. I think what's happening is our consciousness is expanding. Yeah. And we don't have the comfort of the mainstream propaganda telling us what is right, what's wrong, what's real. You know, so now everyone is kind of spinning off into their subjective truth, which I think is good because I think that's where we're going. I don't think we're going to be believing one thing collectively for a very long time. But we are as we are splitting off into our subjective truth, we haven't quite put it together that this is perspective and that is being seen through the filter of our own projections and our own trauma and our own desire for clout or to be a savior or to be seen or to be validated. And so we're trying to present our subjective truths as objective truths. And it's a really bonkers kind of moment. It's like, like, like for me, it's like about being centered and, and Mm. like, it's like, do you see me like buying a bunch of houses, buying a Bentley? No, because I believe that it's the you know, just being whole and wholeness and wellness and centered. Um, I need to eat dinner, and I'm sure you have shit to do. Thank you for That's very coming sweet. on here. I ordinarily say, where can people find when you? When will but... this come? Who cares? When will if you can't find me, don't find me. No, I figured you didn't want them to. Where uh, they'll figure it out. Where uh, when does this come out? I think this is probably coming out. I don't know. Eclipse Jan season, one? as you know, eclipse season December? is upon us. When is um, that? November 11th. I'm going to shoot for because I like those numbers. That's when I got my cat Sam years ago. November 11th. He's dead really? now. Wow. Got him November 11th. Skittish. Didn't like people. Hated. I liked my mother a, l- a little. Are you going to get a pet? No. Too many residences. Um, well, it's not only that. It's just too much travel. Mm. Yeah. So, like, if you do comedy a lot, you are probably cheating the pet. Yeah. And I don't want to be the guy that boards the plane with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to just be mindful <laughs> of the fact that, like, the dog is... You know, he's, but in a few years when, you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah. My plan has always been like, my end will be Florida. If God willing, I will be able to get down there and just kind of like, that's where I'll hang it up. And then I get a dog. Yeah. And I don't mean hang it up, like not do anything, but I just mean like chill. Yeah. The next year or two, it's going to be like, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can make a movie. Let's see if we can make a few things and like. I've done a lot of shit in this business I never thought I'd do. I had a lot of cool experiences. I've met some really cool people. And I want to keep doing it as long as I feel really connected to it. 
And, you know, and that requires a lot of time and I can't share it with a pet. But I, I also I'm a human. So I foresee in you know five or 10 years or even maybe sooner than that a week, <laughs> I will. You know, it's like you uh, you get to a point where you're like, here are the things I've done. Here is the book. Here's maybe the movie. Here are the archives of a podcast. Here is live stand up, which I'll still probably be doing. And here's, you know, an occasional podcast or whenever when I'm whatever. Like, here are the things that I've done. And take them and enjoy them. And if they mean anything to anybody, then great. And I and I, and I hope they will. I think we've done a lot. We've yeah. done a lot. It's like at a certain point, it's like you want to do some really cool shit. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's also like all of these things about health and life and your mind, they all matter too. Right. And I don't think people fully get that, you know, because yeah. they look at like people – that are putting out stuff and they're just like, yeah, that's what you do. You're the slot machine that the thing comes yeah. out of. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, it, it comes out of it in a good way because I care. And if I, if I stop caring, then it's, you know, it's over. Um, I want to ask, like, did you uh, – I feel like your podcast was, uh, I don't know, Escape or yeah. um, for people going through – we went through a really dark night of the soul yes. for a couple of years. Did you get to have yours? I think it was the show. Okay. So, I mean, I selfishly, everything that I give to people, I'm getting to a degree. Right. Like, I want to perform and I want to be. I'm not one of these people who are like, it's all for them. <laughs> you know, yeah, not, I don't think I, anyone I mean, would accuse 51 you of that. 51 City World yeah. Tour. It's like, I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying I'm some martyr. Like, I'm Mother Teresa. I'm just saying, like, you know, I love the show. I still love the show. I think that, but... There are other mediums that I really want to fucking be funny in. Right. And that I, I think that there's opportunities now to really be funny in. And, like, you know, I think that at the end of the day, it's like that's what it is. You want to create shit across the spectrum. You want to challenge yourself. If you can do something well, you want to be able to do a lot of things well. Right. And there's people that will never understand. There's people that just like one thing and one thing, and that's okay. Right. And that's okay, too. And then they can go find someone who does that one thing. Um, but I think that uh, the show's been an amazing historic thing, and it still is. And I think that uh, it has years to it, um, you know, where I'm into it. But, like, as I'm doing that, I'm also, like, looking at other mediums going, like, how do we make an amazing movie? Right. How do we do a book that people really like? How are... You know, so that's really what it, it is to me, too. So you like through the, the show, which was just kind of taking a different trajectory, you yeah. know, where I feel like these two years were about facing your mortality, yeah. uh, checking in with what am I doing, like kind yeah. of opening up, yeah. opening up and becoming more vulnerable. Yeah. Like, do you think you got space to do that? Or no, do you th- I became a famous millionaire. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that you can't do both. <laughs> right. You right. can't do both. No, literally I was able to just do the biggest podcast in the world, Joe Rogan's 13 times. And I, I just didn't think about anything. I just kept going and kept being funny. Right. And I was able to make a lot of money and, and people, a lot, a lot of them have a good idea of like maybe some of the things I've done. But yeah, in terms of like facing mortality, it's like, no, I was on a plane to Cleveland, right? Right. It's like, I didn't have those moments. I think we all had them to a degree, but I realized this was the moment to work harder than I'd ever worked because I said, I'm speaking to something that a lot of comics aren't speaking to. So I was lucky enough to kind of do that. And, and you know, we really figured out how to hit 
the, the funny bone of certain people here that were like, oh, we're, this is what we want this stuff. So it's hard. And I, I don't say like, oh, I became a millionaire. It's just like you can't do both. It's right. really hard to do both. Yeah. Well, I just noticed kind of a restlessness and ready for transition from you and I wonder well, there's every, now. Yeah, it's for me, but it's a lot of people I talk to too. Like for, for years, it was always that like, you know, podcasting was amazing and it was just this the only thing that anyone could do. Right. Because the, the the industry had chosen to go crazy woke or they just weren't making anything. And then I think now there's like opportunities to maybe collaborate with other people and make really amazing things. And, and that would be amazing because that's the dream of like a lot of us who started out growing up watching really funny movies and really funny shit. Not, not just political hot takes all the time either. Right. Like, that's, you know, the funny takes. You yeah, know? well, like, having an opinion is getting fucking exhausting. Yeah, it's just, I think I think that, I still think the podcast world will be vibrant. And I'll be a part of it. I just think that, like, you're going to see, like, now other big podcasters be like, and here's a movie. Yeah. And here's this, and here's that, and here's the next thing, and here's that, you know? Yeah. So I think that's what you'll see, hopefully. I mean, that's the hope, right? Yeah. You know, we want, I think everything should come back together again in a way where everything just doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like what we have, we have a massive heart opening approaching. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I think that that will result in a lot of um, good art. Yeah. But, One would hope. Yeah. But you mean good heart, art, like very gay where everyone's crying? <laughs> That, we don't want that. No, I can we tell had whenever that for two years. I can tell whenever I say heart opening uh, that it sounds like that. Two That's years, not what I like mean. Crying in a bathtub. <laughs> that was like a comedy special they put out. Somebody's like in the bathtub crying. You know, I mean, you know. So I, I wanted the heart open too, but I want to. Br- I mean, I yeah. guess authenticity, yes. um, vulnerability, yes, um, like. Uh, personal truth. Yes. Personal expression. Not weaponized trauma. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you. Bye. Good night.